Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time Advert Podcast for Round 11, 2023. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who, after a lot of misses, has finally got a hit. It is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. G'day, Junk Timers. And it is so nice to be joining you on the show today with just, I've got good news. I have good news to bring to the show. You're happy. Now, You're up and about, mate. Yeah. You're up and about. Obviously, this is news that would have rippled around the world when it was announced on Monday that David Koch would no longer be host of Sunrise mm-hmm. after, what, 21, 22 years, something like that? 21 years. I think he, he said 20 premierships. And uh, I looked at the calendar and I was like, no, one, mate, one. Only one. And he's seen at least 17 Carlton wins <laughs> in his time as host of uh, Sunrise. But Koshy stepping down... I went in, had a chat with Channel 7, and put forward my case to be the new host of Sunrise. I w- and I've got to say, I reckon they're into a lot of my ideas. I would watch that show. I would actually like to watch the Adam Rosenmark show at 5.30am, I think they'd be good. Absolutely. Well, yeah, 5.30, depending on what time, you know, the pub kicks us out and we get down <laughs> to, to um, where do we do it from? Martin Place? Uh, yep, yep, yep. Right sorry, now. sorry. Brecky Central. <laughs> Yeah, which will have to obviously be renamed Wayne Jackson Studios. Yep. I mean, you know, we've got to fucking be consistent right across the board. Uh-huh. So here's a few little things that I uh, I went in there and I said, look, I'm happy to do it, but there's obviously going to need to be some changes, as you would understand. Uh, cash cow, gone. Yep. In comes the cash low dog. <laughs> and you know what the cash low dog does, Michael? He circulates around all the dodgy pubs and pub tabs around Australia and he sees if you're having a bit of a tough time on the animated greyhounds, the cash low dog will just slip you an extra 20. So you don't have to take it away, you know, from your kids' lunches or anything. You don't have to sneak it out of your your partner's purse when you go home. The cash low dog is there to look after Australians like you and I who need it the most. I feel like actually now that we're talking about this, I feel like, Hmm. I feel like, can I get in on this? Action? Like, I feel like a junk time breakfast uh, TV show like could be a thing that captivates the nation. Well, it's not a bad idea. And you know what? The cash low dog could also help out. Say you've got um, uh, a meeting with someone from, say, an outlaw motorcycle gang, uh-huh. and you need cash for a certain product. Uh-huh. We will provide you with laundered cash yep. at a very achievable rate. That's what... The cash low dog does. He offers it, and it's only like 10% in the first uh, week, and then 10% on top of that until we take your house and your children. And let's not forget, like, we are proudly backed by one of mm. Australia's largest betting companies, the mm. Junk Bet uh, uh, Foundation for Children. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. We know how to look after people. So that's one of the. Um, Things that I put forward. Now, Sam Mack, he's had a pretty good run yep. as the weatherman on Sunrise. Mm-hmm. He's done a great job. He's taken over. I think Did he take over from Grant Denyer? Was he, he immediately did, after I believe, that? yeah, yeah. I think, I think he took over from Grant, yeah. 
So I just think, you know, it's a bit too similar. We're getting the same kind of things mm-hmm. of, you know, funny guys. And you want another funny guy. Yeah. We, I, You know, I went in and pitched a guy who wouldn't love to see this man deliver the weather every every morning as you're sitting there going, I wonder what the weather is going to be like in my town today. You've got Warwick the Whiz Capper giving you Perfect. the weather. And he doesn't just give you the weather, Michael. He gives you everything that's going on around your neighbourhood, what's happening. He gives you a few jokes. He says that his penis is two inches. Uh-huh. From the ground. And you get that every day. Yep. You know when you get the whiz, you get the same. You get exactly what you need on a day-in, day-out basis. And the thing I like about that too, it can be a family affair by the fact that whiz can end everything with, I love you like a brother, but I am from Tasmania. Exactly. It's and mum and dad and kids involved every morning. Uh, and the, wouldn't the people of Hobart just to go, he goes, and of course in Hobart, today it's going to be 27. <laughs> and don't forget, I love you like a brother. But I am from Tasmania, and I just think I, I just think it's a really great opportunity. And also, who wouldn't love to see the Wiz, you know, down at like a a, a primary school bake sale? Yep. Why wouldn't you want him down yep. there, or you know, out at a local football club, mm-hmm. or you know, down at the the country women's authority? You know, when they're I don't think it's authority, country women's association <laughs> when they're doing they're doing their bake sale. Country women's authority sounds like a militant group. Yeah, well, you know, you put you put the jam on the scones first, they'll fucking come for you. <laughs> so, two big changes there. Now, obviously, they came to me and they were like, well, what about a co-host? Nat Barr's been there only for a few years. Yep. She took over from Sam Armitage. I'm like, I'm sorry, I know it hasn't been very long, but there's only one co-host that everyone wants around Australia and they want it on a daily basis. They want Robbo. <laughs> So you've got, you see him, and he could probably still do 360. I could see Robbo at both ends of the day. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think yeah. I think Robbo is at his best at 5.30 in the morning and at 7 p.m. at night. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know what we do, though? Okay, to give Robbo a bit of a break is maybe he doesn't have to be in the studio mm-hmm. at 5.30, but the cameras are on him <laughs> at 5.30. <laughs> so whatever time he gets into the studio, you've got like a little picture-in-picture following Robbo, you know, like the streamers have, yep. and you get to see Robbo as he makes his way, you know, as he fucking stumbles out of a tab or, you know, he's kicked out of a, a strip club or whatever it is. No, I like that idea. Like, he kind of co-hosts mm. the show, um, mm. and you have, like, the CCTV from Martin Place, and this is Robbo stumbling along the, 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 the uh, bitchman there at 5.30am. Yeah. And it's like, he's still co-hosting, but he's just, like, yeah. wobbling a bit. <laughs> like, walking like Martin <laughs> yeah. Place. Yeah. We've just got him mic'd up all the time, just in case he says something that we all want to hear. <laughs> so I think that's going to work. And I'm sorry to say this, but Mark Beretta. So he's obviously everyone's favourite sports reporter. Uh, the the name ring uh, brings brings so many great memories to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you've had news uh, on sport delivered in this country, you always think I want it from Barrett. Yeah, but it kind of goes uh, Richie Benno, Bruce McAvaney. Mm. Barrett's, yeah. Barrett's, absolutely. Well, we're going to replace Barrett's with Kane Corns. Oh. So every news story turns into clickbait, ah, no matter great. what it is. Sure. You know, if, uh, if Australia beat, uh, say, Samoa in a, uh, a soccer uh, qualifier mm-hmm. 8-0, he is going to come and say why Samoa are tanking uh-huh. this time around. Yeah, sure, sure. And really... Get stuck into the you know the Samoan board and how the coach needs to go. Yeah, sure, sure. Like there's like an under twelve like baseball tournament, like and a kid kind of yeah. you know gets struck out like three times. Like mm. Kane Collins says that kid should go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When they go to the uh, the hot dog eating competition, yep. he's not happy with uh, what's his name, Joey Chestnut. 
He's not happy with Joey Chestnut. He thinks, you know, he's been there. He's had it too good for too long. Yep, sure. And so people need to need to look into his background. Has he been juicing himself? What is he doing? Kane Corn's not happy with it. Yep, sure. Joey Chestnut resting on his laurels after yeah. winning, I think, about 12 in a row, I think. Should have been more. Well, I mean, he did. I mean, he lost to Kabayashi, obviously. And then he lost to yeah. Megatoad, Matt Megatoad in 2015. Um, See the sadness here, junk timers, <laughs> that Michael knows the details of the <laughs> but I went there. hot dog eating competition. You know that one. I went there, didn't you? You know that one? Yes, yeah. yes. What was it like being there? It was actually pretty cool. It was pretty funny for the junk timers out there. So I went to the Coney Island hot dog eating competition on July 4 in New York. And so you catch a train about probably about an hour maybe from, you know, Manhattan. Yep, and you get to that Canal kind of Amusement Park, and then they have it set up. And the cool thing is, is that the MC, uh, who has a name I can't remember now, but he treats it like they're the best athletes in the world. So it's got a bit of, yeah, it's, okay. it's got a, actually combines two of my loves: hot dogs mm. and and wrestling. And so he yeah, has so. a bit of the kind of the the you know he does like very grand intros for like the ten contestants. And, um, yeah, so they build it up like it's a real event. They know yeah. that it, they're having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but um, unlike wrestling, it's genuine hot dog eating. No, you're right, you're right. And then Joey had lost the year before. Oh. And then he came back and won that year. Um, so Joey, well, I think the MC, if I remember correctly, said that Joey actually had a fiance that he broke up with, and so I think the MC was saying he was heartbroken, and he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't eat the dog. He, he, <laughs> it, was, you know, he, he, it hurt him too he was much. A broken man. Now, do they have like um like an undercard? Like, are there people eating? You know, they, like uh, they fries. A, they have a women's event um, before the men's event, so they do have an undercard. And I have a suspicion, but I think I might be making this up. I feel like Joey might have been engaged to a another champion eater, but but I, I could be making that up. Um, okay. But but anyway, he did about 80. And the, my, my one memory I have is that there were a bunch of guys in front of me who had big cardboard cutouts of Joey's head. And um, and at the end of it, this, this kind of older guy came up to them and they were like, hey, um, hey, can I buy one of the cardboard cutouts? And they're like, um, yeah, if you want, you can just have it if you want. Like, you know, why do you want it? And he's like, oh, that's my son. And they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> Mr. Joey Chester's dad. And so these guys were like getting photos with him and like kind of hugging him and stuff going, oh, my God, you're Joey Chestnut's dad. And let's assume he's American. It's clearly going to be Joey Chestnut Senior. I hope so. I hope so. But, no, but Chestnut, like he does um, – here's an interesting uh, competitive eating fact is that, you know, you kind of think bigger people are kind of going to be mm. there for it. But the actual – the fat on the body pushes against the stomach and therefore – um, Is that right? Yeah, shrinks the, stu- the um, stomach, and also like you have to drink water to expand your stomach, and uh, and uh, Joey didn't invent this method, but I think Kobayashi invented it by dipping the hot dog bun into the water before eating the hot yeah. dog. Yeah, but and Joey took that on, obviously. And anyway, now you I'm said they he ate eighty. Uh, it was about eighty-ish, seven-ish. Yeah, it kind of goes. And how? About in, 70, in what time frame? Ten minutes. So he eighty had, in ten minutes. He had he had twenty after two minutes. I remember that one. He had twenty after two minutes. Yeah, Jesus Christ! And even and though and, and he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to pay for them. Obviously, uh, no, I no, you can. I, I actually thinking back on it now. When you think about like Manhattan, New York, that area, like I think it's got a population of about eight million or something, like yeah. incredibly densely populated. And now I'm looking back on it, and I realize like even though I was surrounded by more people probably than anywhere on earth, I was also simultaneously the loneliest man on the world. <laughs> <laughs> 
exceptionally long. You know what they're missing out on there, though, is, okay, so he, he wins the competition. He's eaten 80 hot dogs. I want a, I want a camera following Joey Chestnuts around for the next 24 hours. I want to see the that, agony yeah. that that motherfucker goes through. Well, I actually wonder what the rule is. Like, can you vomit? Like, you know, are you allowed? Uh, I, I, I imagine you can't, but maybe, like, um, it'll actually kind of not make for great TV because they put it on ESPN, like, three or whatever. Like, they don't yeah. put it on the you know, yeah. main channel. But, um, you know, is there a rule, like, you know, you can't vomit for, uh, for like, another half hour or something? You know, you can't immediately rush to the bathroom and, you know, put your fingers down the throat kind of thing. Okay, so at the end of the... I don't know why I keep asking you questions about this no, competition. No, 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 because I have a long, lengthy history. So at the end of the competition, they don't give a 10-minute break and say, hey, we're going to wait before we announce him as the winner to see if he does keep it down. They go, time's up, he fucking smashed yeah, it. Yeah, no, he was generally regarded as the winner, and then they kind of get a photo. He gets the mustard belt, and then they do the promo <laughs> photos, which is like Joey Chestnut holding up like a plate of like, you know, 80 hot dogs you know, they have yep. already ready. Um, and then you kind of drift off to the world of Coney Island and... uh. You know, it's a magical world, mate. Do you get some saltwater taffy? Taffy? Oh, it's like taffy? I don't know. Is that toffee? I don't know. It always seems like something they eat in the fucking boardwalk in the States. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you yeah. kind of, you feel like it's like an old-timey, I mean, in Coney Island is like an old-timey theme park, like... Luna Park, kind of? Yeah, but like... But along know, the boardwalk? Yeah, yeah. But more, I mean, Luna Park, I haven't been there for a long time, but like... I'm sure they make sure that the rides actually... Since you've been banned. Well, I figure like they, they make sure like the, the rides actually work. Like they, yeah, okay. Like I'm not sure if they're doing that at Luna Park nowadays. No, that that's a very good point. So, back to Sunrise. I'm about <laughs> to be the new... I like I, I would say within the next couple of days I will hear that I will be the new host. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, sure, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And, I think it's going to be good. And you know what I've actually been really loving and looking forward to this year? Da 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 um, I don't think we need a mechanic. I think we need like a new fucking car. We're like a Tesla that's fucking the batteries just caught fire <laughs> and everyone's just standing around just watching it going, fucking hell, this is no good. And you're like, yeah, well, someone do something about it. I was listening to Crunch Time, actually, the podcast of Crunch Time on Saturday, and they just fucking mm. teed off on Carlton for like 40 minutes. Like, was, I didn't, I didn't realize, I, I, I watched part of it. I can't say I watched the whole thing, but I didn't think the Sydney game is that awful. Was it that awful? Uh, I, I actually didn't watch it. I was out. Yeah. But uh, like I saw the the things that I read is that we couldn't kick. So we kicked ourselves out of the game and then we've just got no heart. And then there was a fight in the in the rooms after the games mm. between our president, Luke Sayers, um, who is just about to duck off to Italy, which is a perfect time for it. Yep, why sure. wouldn't you? Yeah, no, and, he's, he's just heard um, he's he's heard the word PWC a few too many times and wants to get out of, <laughs> out of the country. <laughs> and... Well, I think that just rings true that someone uh, associated uh, with Carlton has a dodgy backstory. <laughs> I think that p- makes him perfect to be president. So he got into a fight with Craig Matheson, yep. who is the nephew of Bruce Matheson, who's like the fucking big moneymaker down at Carlton. Yeah, and sure. He's the man with all the pokey machines. And so they had a bit of a blue in the rooms. And then Craig Matheson resigned the next day and said his position was kind of untenable and didn't want to be part of it. 
It's funny the Mathesons, like, I mean, good on you, Craig, for kind of putting your hand up, but this Bruce man who kind of, like, is a mythological kind of figure, you know? Have you ever mm. seen him? Like, when you go, like, the Caltonian things, like, do you know what actually he looks like? No, I think he's based on the Goldie. Yeah. I think he might, um, he's your kind of 4D cinema uh, Curly Whirly Fries kind of yeah, bloke. Yeah, sure, sure. Maybe he negotiated the deal from King Tut's putt-putt going down to the uh, yeah, Lamont and so. Yeah, he's, He saw a bargain. That, that's why he's so rich. He knows when... When things are on offer like that, he just snaps it up. But it's kind of interesting about the fact he's always regarded as, like, you know, the pokey's king. I think he's worth, like, about a billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and he's always kind of comes out, like, three or four times a year and kind of tears off on Carlton. And, and he yeah. must give money to the club by the fact that he seems to have sway but never actually kind of puts his hand up to actually do anything. Now, I don't know if he's 65 well, or 85. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, no, he supplies, I think, four clubs – like gaming clubs to the club, like Hawthorne had, oh, okay. uh, that that uh, give Carlton I think about twenty million bucks revenue a year. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, wow. And so, so Carlton, um, you know, they've talked about getting off the pokies. Yeah, but but you know, they're just waiting for that next big win, and then they'll get off Michael. Yeah, sure. Then they'll get off him. Sure, sure. And then on yeah. top of that, mm. uh, Caroline Wilson actually had to apologise to Patrick Cripps. Yep. Because she alleged that he had stayed at a hotel other than the team, uh, which I find very fascinating. And actually, Cripps was like, kind of have a go at me, but don't question my commitment or my integrity. Yeah, but well, basically, because he did stay at another hotel, but he did that on the Saturday night when the rest of the team had gone back and he went and stayed with his family. So he was technically in a different hotel, but he was always with the club while the club was up there. But they stayed at a boutique hotel, a boutique hotel in Paddington. Mm. And I'm quite fascinated by what that could be. I've, 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 I know a couple of hotels. There's one I kind of know, which is like a bit... Actually, you stayed there. I've stayed there as well. And it's a bit... Do you reckon the one near the State Theatre? Is that in Paddington? Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, there's one that's a bit kind of like, a bit kind of theatrical, I suppose. Like the... Not the QT. Yeah, yeah, the QT, I think it is, yeah. Okay, uh, there's one. Uh, the only QT I stayed at is in the city. I don't know the one that's in. I didn't know they had one in Paddock. Okay, we'll go fishing around. Fishing around. But it's trouble at Carlton, Adam. Yeah, but I mean, if the guy doesn't stay, and I think if anyone is uh, okay to not stay with the club, I mean, do you want to go home and hang with those fucking losers <laughs> after the game? Like, you just be seeing him in the foyer like, oh, geez, you were shit. And Cripps was... Crips was shit. They were all shit. They should all just fucking stay wherever they want. They should put them up like, um, what do they do? You know, when people go out, they just uh, put them up in other people's houses. Yeah, yeah. Billet. Billet. Uh, Billet. Um, it's actually funny, though, actually, like to get something that small that wrong. Like, mm. you know, no no harm on Caro by the fact she's, you know, the first lady of football. Um, but it's actually kind of funny that you could go with that. And it's such a kind of minor thing. And still not get it right, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not a hard thing to double fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just log into Cripps's credit card and you kind of, you know, you get. <laughs> or you, send yeah, exactly. him, you send him a phishing email and you go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You check his words. Let's not forget though, the Caro, and this is not a Caro uh, uh, witch hunt here, but she also said that Clarko would be coaching Essendon last oh, year. Okay, she gotcha. kind of got that wrong as well. Yep. So she's had a couple of shockers over the last couple of. Uh, uh, big big bombshells that she's dropped. I suppose so, yeah. Hey, um, you went to a bloody bombshell. You went to the boxing the other week. I did. I talk about, mate, football's in real life fucking everywhere, really? Michael. Smorgasbord. 
It was. So it was um, uh, the fight that I was there for. I came, uh, the main guy was Parker, was the guy who fought. And then uh, uh, Nikita Zhu was on the fight before that. And then Cam Mooney and Tom Bell Chambers fought. Gotcha. So was that in the main event? Um, it was on the part of the pay-per-view. So that was like the third last. So it kind of went... Um, Football players fight, then Nikita Zoo, then the heavyweights. Yep. And the last two fights were one, the Nikita Zoo one was like 90 seconds instead of, I think, six or 10 rounds. Yep. And the last fight, the heavyweight fight, was about 35 seconds. Oh, really? Wow. So it was kind of good. We were out of there early. You're like, oh, yeah, I saw some fights, and now we go home. Yeah, I kind of feel like you kind of, do you get your money's worth, though? Do you kind of, or do you kind of I go- mean, you'd be disappointed, mm. you know, if you paid your money and you paid for your pay-per-view. But then I almost got to see an Eshe punch on with the security afterwards. So, yeah, you get your <laughs> money mean, in, other, dude, in other ways. <laughs> you said you went to the boxing. Uh, yep. No need to add that. I know that would have happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you, you get you get your entertainment in other ways. But there was it was foot, footballers galore. Sure. So, so take me through, what, what venue were you? Uh, so, Margaret Court. Yep, sure. Oh, uh, not a good look at him going there. Um, no, I know, and I know. A freebie? Uh, it was a freebie. I was a guest of uh, Fox. Yep, sure. And uh, who was the kind of main promoter? Like, who was, you know, the event brought to you by? Yeah, I cannot remember their name, but they had brought out Tyson Fury, who was yep. the, uh, the the English uh, heavyweight champion. Yep. And he was wandering around and, you know, doing all, um, uh, you know, doing stops and photos and stuff and he was really you know just doing exactly what you would want from a heavyweight boxer yeah, sure. to promote the sport and he was great he was just walking around getting photos with everyone he was really lovely because i was listening to um uh, hachi and purple on their podcast yesterday i think mm. and um and hachi made the point that um that the footballer fighting thing is actually taking off a uh, kind of to the detriment in a way to the actual boxers so these kind of uh, i don't know Hit and giggle, kind of, yeah, yeah, you know, kind of taken away from the actual um, trained people, pugilists, like, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the, the the students of the squared circle, um, yeah, no, the I hear you. Um, yeah. but I, but, but I kind of that, that's why I asked about the promoter by the fact I imagine it was a betting company or something, but like you know, you go, oh, we can have a card, pop, you know, Dermot Breton fighting, you know, yeah, uh, Sam Newman, and we can get another two thousand people, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do wonder though. Would anyone be there for the footballers? Like, uh, I mean, I mean, in terms of promo for it, I mean, I suppose if you're the company that's promoing it, you get your banner seen on the Channel Seven News. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, if you if you watch back the fight, uh, I'm in shot a hell of a lot. Are you? next to uh, Mick Malloy and Titus O'Reilly? Yeah, you yeah, gotcha. In between, that's great. With the boys, yep, near Dave Thornton, uh-huh. near Tommy Little. Fucking hell, it's a who's out. who. <laughs> near Limo, you know, just fucking oh, just hanging out. It's a it's a it's a who's who, of who gives the fuck, Adam. <laughs> just sitting behind Adam Briggs, you know, just whatever, man. You know, I'm just hanging out with my peeps. <laughs> that's what I do. That's how I roll. So. Footballers in real life, uh, like I said, uh, smorgasbord. There was uh, Bradley Hill, yep. who was sitting next to Bobby Hill, who was sitting next to Jade Gresham. So a couple of the St Kilda boys with the Collingwood uh, player. And I'm, I don't know if Bobby and Bradley Hill are related, but um, I spoke very briefly to Bradley Hill. He was sitting in front of me and I said, Hilly, and I asked him a question. I can't even remember what it was about. And chatted to him like it was a mate and he answered me. It was good times. Yeah, wow. Sure. I should have asked him about yep. the um, three-peat. Mum was in the crowd. Oh, I didn't want to, you know, twenty thirteen. 
Uh, Tom Mitchell was there. Jarman Impey was there. Yep. Our boy Jake Stringer was there with Jordan Ridley, the, the other Essendon backman. And I spoke to former, uh, well, what were we going to say? Fitzroy, maybe Hawthorne. I know he has something to do with Hawthorne. And former Carlton coach, Johnny Barker. I spoke to Barks. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He um, kicked the goal in the um, uh, semi in 2001. Yeah, okay. Over against Port Adelaide. Go. Uh, he was a Fitzroy player. Yes, he was one of yes. the. Uh, he was one of the few who got taken over in the. Um, no, I'm making that up. No, I, he didn't go to Brisbane, but I think he didn't he, go to Brisbane, did he? Yeah, no. I think Hawks picked him up after that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had a bit of a chat to him. Asked him if he was going to be coaching Richmond as a bit of a joke, and he laughed and said, "No, I will never coach again." Oh, really? Gotcha. That's yeah. very somber and probably not the right question for yeah. the boxing, which is a fun and frivolous event. You know, keep, yes. keep it light. Keep it and light. And so, obviously, the boys from the Bounce were there because they were watching their um, oh, yep. uh, their co-host, um, Cam Mooney, fight against Tom Bell Chambers. Now, the thing about that fight is Bell Chambers, I think, had a reach of about maybe 15 centimetres more yeah. than Moon's. But he was uh, Bell Chambers was 24 kilograms yeah, more yeah. than Cam Mooney. Yeah. So, as soon as it kind of started, you're like, oh, fuck. Yep. This is not going to go the way that they want it to go. And so... Uh, Bell Chambers kind of landed one on the chin of Moons and put him down. And, you know, we had Cam Mooney on the, the live podcast. He's not a fucking small bloke. No, no, and he's not an unfit bloke too. Because I actually remember no. saying to him, I was like, how are you still so fit after all these years? And he was like, oh, I actually enjoy the training. Like, you know, I enjoy yeah. it. So, you know, but I was like, dude, you're fucking ripped. I was like, yeah. I was like touching him, like, you know, on his pecs and biceps. And yeah. I was like looking the, him in the eye yeah. and just kind of. Yeah, it was, it was good. Um, but but they um, the thing I actually noticed from the from the fight was that how yep. big Bell Chambers was. Well, and that's the thing is that Bell Chambers. So Moons would try and hit him. Bell Chambers would just sway back, yep. and then Mooney's left with his hands hanging out in front, and Bell Chambers would just hit him on the counter. Yeah, sure. And then so you know you could see that they kept cutting to the on the big screens. The the guys from the bounce, I was like Dicko, uh, Gazy, and Jason Dunstall were sitting there watching, and then. So then in the third round, I think it was, I think it was the third of three, and then Bell Chambers just fucking, like, put him down. Yep. And you could just, everyone in the crowd just went, oh. Because oh. it was, like, really, like, oh, we didn't want that. We were kind of, it was fun, and, you know, these two blokes are mucking around, and they actually did pretty well. It was kind of a, a very entertaining fight. It wasn't as shit boxing-wise, as you'd imagine. Yeah. It, it brought the respect back to boxing, like you would imagine two footballers would. And it was only, um, like, three rounds, too. Am I right? Th- yeah, three rounds yeah. of two minutes. Yeah. And so, but when he went down, everyone was just like, ugh. Oh, and, it, the, it, and, and that by that logic being like, oh, it just got real? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And the, and the ref, like, I watched back the thing, and the ref was like, mate, stay down. Don't get up. Don't move. Just stay there. Yeah, sure, sure. Kind of got smoked. Oh, well, that sounds like we're questioning the uh, integrity of boxing, the referee. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that would never happen in the uh, in the yeah. the sport of the sweet science. Um, That's right. So, do you reckon a junk time um, pay per view you may absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. We'll get, uh, we'll, we'll re, you know what we'd redo? You know what you'd really get people in the pay-per-view? Redo the fucking Ramsgate. So if you had Josh uh-huh. Carr and Mark Rusciuto, yep. who's not fucking paying for that? I, can, I mean, we couldn't be too far from like a 20th anniversary or something like that. So we retired yeah, we'd in have to be pretty close. so I imagine it happened a few years before that. Yep. Like, fucking hell, mate. I mean, we could be onto something now. Any, any yeah, promoters out there, turn off the pod right now. Mm. Hey, uh, footballers in real life? 
Would you get Wakes and maybe Alistair Lynch up okay, there? Okay, let's, let's go. Yeah, okay, let's work out, like, classic fights. Yeah, Wakes, mm. um, Lynch. Um, uh, Barry Hall and the entire North Melbourne back line when they pushed him over that yeah, time. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that as well. Um, yeah. Uh, let me think. Um, Ricky Nixon versus Victorian driving laws. <laughs> Ricky Nixon versus a tram. <laughs> uh, footballers in real life. Uh, from Jono. Hey, guys. Love the bud. Long-time listener. Hey, thanks, Jono. Thank you. Uh, Thank last you. year, I visited Munich for Oktoberfest on holiday from my job as an engineer. I'm doing very well for myself. On my last day at the festival, my two Scottish friends and I were indulging in some fine Bavarian beverages from a 9 a.m. At a, for a 9 a.m. breakfast in the Lowenbrow beer tent. We had completely empty tables as it was still early in the day. To my mm. surprise, the waitress brought over none other than the St Kilda football team with the likes of Jack Sinclair, Dougal Howard, Max King and Dan Hannabrick, to name a few. All fucking Hannah's on the Shit. beers in Oktoberfest. So they look out, look <laughs> out. Uh, my Scottish friends had no idea who they were and I had to try to contain my excitement and play it cool. They were on our table for the rest of the afternoon. I must say they were all very kind and great value. Uh, the highlight was watching the whole team belt out a real edition of Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Sadly, pick that. I love this one. This is actually a flashback, and I actually I, I do love this. Sadly, yep. Jack Watson, the Weisenpulver, was unsighted at the festival. Fucking hell, man. That took me back. Remember that that story? Loved. Absolutely loved the Weisenpulver, and Australians were mad for it to hear he was just snorting menthol. Uh, off like the at an October fest. Yeah, off the yeah, yeah. off, off a, yeah, anyway, a, a, we'll beer, a beer lady. Um, this happened to be ten days prior to the second of Brett. No, but he's allowed to. It was consensual, Michael. Well, no, it no, no, it was fine. Also, it's like it's completely legal, legal thing. Like I think it's essentially like a sugar rush. You know, like it's not like yeah, yeah he did nothing illegal. Um, this happened Absolutely. to be ten days. Not not. Not on the vision. This happened to 10 days prior to the sacking of Brett at Ratton. And now makes me wonder if the team would have known about the surprise sacking that was to come when I saw them. Thank you, low dogs. Okay, thank you, Jono. I've been to, like, the German beer hall. And I can't quite remember which town that was in. Like, the big old-fashioned, you know, um, you know, people walk around with four steins in each hand kind of thing. But I it would have been it would have been Munich. It's a very Bavarian kind of thing to do. Yeah. So I went to I went to Germany, and it was actually kind of an interesting way to see the place by the fact that um you know it's kind of a weird story, but like um <laughs> I uh, went to uh, Stuttgart where I had a mate who lived there, um, and his brother and him, um, the part of the family like they they were Australian but like they they're German background, and so the family sold opals. And oh, so, okay. oh, right. so I got in a car for them for about a week and we'd go from, I think we went to about five different towns during that week. And yep. so we'd kind of get to a new town and they'd go off during the day and try to sell opals to the jewelry stores. And I'd just go search the town. So I remember we went to, went to Munich, went to Hamburg, went to, um, uh, where did your family hang out for the rallies? Oh, Nuremberg, yeah. Nuremberg, yeah. yeah. So there are a few kind of um, <laughs> places like that. So, yeah, it was actually kind of a, a kind of very convenient and quick way. But I remember one night we went to, maybe it was in Munich, went to like the big old beer hall where, you know, yeah. um, you got on the fucking pulver, mate. You got on the fucking, yeah. I got, got on the, the fucking pulver, mate. Got on the pulver, fucking, fucking pulved up, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time when I was there and I was backpacking 
and trying to steal one of the steins. So they're fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. They weigh like a kilo. Yeah. And then just, you know, pathetically wrapping it up in the jacket and the security guard just going, give me the stein. Yeah, sure. And it's like, it must happen so often. They're like, come on, mate. Yeah, like, for sure. To them and then, just and then also, I mean, I mean, yeah, fair enough, steal it. But like also that kind of thing, like it's it's probably like probably one of the bigger number one merch things you could buy in Germany in terms of like, you know, yeah, getting yeah. a koala stuffed toy, you know, in Australia. Yes. And also, too, the idea that I was going to get that and then backpack around with that. For yeah, the yeah, with well, a one kilo bit of glass in your bag. Yeah. Um, I th- I think I bought one actually, and I th- uh, but I'd I'd been in I'd been at uni in London for like half a year, so I had probably more luggage than you know a backpack. Um, but my last trip, I remember, I went to Berlin, and have I told you this one? Like I did like three kind of stand up gigs, and in Berlin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the first one I did because I was kind of got there and I was like, oh, actually, I don't really have anything to do at night, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to do stand up. So I hit up the, like the local, like the Facebook kind of scene, and they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, sure, come on down. And the first one I did, I mean, I fucking smashed it. But they, um, I mean, they, they were to not not German dudes, like it was all English speaking. I mean, yeah, not that they can't, yes. but yeah, but like two of them are like backpackers, and you know, you go, yeah, cool. So it's like Americans, whatever. And um, but the first one I did was um, an English bloke was the host, and he um introed me. He was like, oh, we've got an Australian coming on. And he's like going, oh, dingo stole my baby, dingo stole my baby. <laughs> and I just found it very funny that he was about to introduce Michael Chamberlain. And he had no oh, idea of <laughs> how close Michael Chamberlain was associated with that event. Mm. Hey, uh, from Adrian, I was just waiting to pay for a coffee at a cafe in Albert Park when a tall blonde caught my eye. It was none other than Darcy Moore, accompanied by perhaps his partner heading up the stairs. The cafe owner told me later that Mason Cox was already upstairs, so presumably they were meeting up for a coffee. Darcy was rugged up against the cold and looked a bit preoccupied. Uh, perhaps it was wondering about keeping Mason waiting. Now, well, there you go. Now, we got Darcy in another football in real life down below, so I would just w- might be able to connect the dots. Maybe we had a football in real life spotting at the same cafe. That would be a first Fuck. for Fuck. Okay. Okay, we'll read this one from Shane. Was in Melbourne recently uh, to see the Lions romping over the Blue Baggers. da 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 Fuck off, Shane. So now I have a Lion-tastic footballers in real life to share. Caught the flight back to Brig- Ve- Bris Vegas, and there in front of me going through security is the ball magnet. Well, we go off through going through uh, security then, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Neil, sporting Nike with no socks, black transcript pants, and a grey hoodie. He was rocking the casual look. I went up with a polite nod. I went with a polite nod, which was returned with a respectful smile, uh, with a hint of relief. Now I can just say there that okay, so he's uh, sporting Nikes with no socks. Now that is someone who doesn't have to pay for their shoes because clearly, uh, yep. if you've ever done that, yeah. the fucking it just does not come off very well. Your shoes end up fucking reeking. Yeah. But he's a man who goes, doesn't matter. I'll just fucking turf my side. Yeah, sure. But I also feel like it's a very um, Queensland thing to do. Yeah, like, okay. I feel like I you feel don't think like he's wearing like the little the little under socks. Yeah, yeah, the little ankle ones. Uh, the little ankle yeah. ones. I, I can't. I, I, I get it, but I kind of. You can't do it. Nah, I, I've got a bunch, but I'm like it, it, only for running and shit like that. Like, yeah, I have to be doing an act, activity to wear them. I can't wear them in normal life. Like to. F- you don't wear them with your your boat shoes when you go to the. No, 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 no. Because um, I have garters for my socks. And okay, so, good, yeah. great. Um. Uh, I then look ahead and see none other than the legend of Lethal Lee Matthews. What the fuck? Wow. 
Uh, all I could hear in my head was a certain squeaky impersonation. Oh, it's just one game. Uh, given they are both doing very well for themselves, and Lethal would be doing very well for himself, uh, oh, fuck yeah. they sat at the pointy end. He's got all that um, uh, home home loan, ho- housing property thing. What do you call him? Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, um, oh, fuck. What was it called? Yeah, Divine it was like Homes? A, um, is that right? No. Yeah, Divine Homes. Yeah, yeah it's Divine. Okay. Yeah, good one. Uh, they sat at the pointy end of the plane as as I wander into cattle class, a spy lesser known line, uh, Noah Answorth, wearing a maroon jumper and a sporting a happy grin. In my head, I'm hoping the three of them shared more than a few froths after the win <laughs> against the Blue Baggers and went on a bender to celebrate, and that's why they're travelling back separately to the rest of the team. That's actually kind of interesting, actually. Now you talk about Crips and the hotel mm. by the fact that, okay, they've, I mean, Lethal and uh, Lockie and Answorth, they've hung around, you know, catch up with mates, whatever, when they've been yep. in town. I don't know how I'd feel if I caught a flight back separately from the club and a top-notch player was up the front and I had to walk up the back. I feel like that might create some division within the the, the team unity. No, I think, yeah, I reckon you know pretty quickly your place in the team. And also, it, you know what would really suck, right? Say, um, say you're Lockie Neal on that team, but you've got in that side, you've got Hipwood, and Danaher and McInerney and uh, fuck, I can't remember their other ruckman, the one who's from Geelong. But say they're all all these blokes taking up the fucking the business class seats because they're tall. Oh yeah, sure, sure. And you go, but I'm fucking Lockie Neal, mate. I'm keeping this side together, and they're like, sorry, mate, you got to go down the fucking the shit end. That's actually a very good question. Do they uh, for the when they do their you know regular fights, like do the club mm. make a priority? Like, do we need to get the ruck people? all the taller people into like the emergency um, seats and stuff like that. I would say they do. I would say they would have priority booking. And I almost think that most of those flights, if it's a whole team, that's what, say 36 people. So yeah, they would get priority on that. And then would there be punters on that flight as well? Oh fuck. I mean, support staff would be enormous. Yeah. So they'd probably, they'd probably fill up the whole plane. Yeah, roughly. I uh, flew okay. to, I flew to Perth uh, with Collingwood once. Yep. And I remember, Travis Cloak being in, you know, the the seat that has like the bulkhead in front of it. So it's sort of like an emergency exit seat, but it's not really. It's got that fucking wall. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just gotcha. gotcha. Um, he was lucky to hit it with his foot. Um, from Kyle. Uh, sorry for not getting these footballers in real life. That's, that's the one thing I want to actually do. I want to fly with a with team. I've seen teams at the airport. Did I tell you, I saw the Melbourne Storm at the airport last year. No, uh, they were kind of collecting their their baggage. They come back from um uh, a trip, but um, fuck man, they were fucking intimidating. Like you know, you and I have been around a lot of footballers in real life, mm. but like the fucking storm, or like I actually I I haven't seen many NRL players, but they were like big and they were like tall and big because they don't have to do the cardio that the AFL players have to do. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, no, there was a there was a bunch of them sitting in a in a row at the boxing, and you're just like, I. Do I want to walk down? They are, they are fucking frightening. Like, just like, yeah. yeah, like a dude like running at you like that. You go, hey, you have the ball. You have the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, sorry for not getting these football uh, from Carl. Sorry for not getting these footballers to life and real life to see you sooner. But I've been sitting on one player's Instagram request for a few weeks. This will make sense as you read on. On Anzac weekend, my girlfriend and I made the trip to Melbourne. Ah, the coffee. Ca- the the la- after landing in the coffee capital on Friday. Oh, don't forget the uh, the shopping and the laneway bars, uh, and riding on a bus and a couple of trams. Uh, we had. I was about to kind of say. Maybe Carl's not doing very well, but then I think about it, I go, I do the same thing. Hence why yeah. I'm doing very well. Yeah, that, that is right. Yeah, very frugal. We had a short walk to our hotel, the Ibis, Melbourne Central. Fucking Oh, the lovely Ibis. Fucking I feel like I've written this email. Like it just <laughs> replicates everything I do to save money. On a walk, uh, a young couple was strolling the other way due to mainstream media's male gaze. I was drawn to the woman first, a brunette with a town tan brown overcoat however my attention was soon drawn to a pair of blue eyes cutting through my soul the pearly blues belonged to a dark-haired man sporting a short mullet styled haircut a young man wearing fresh white kicks baggy black pants and a loose fit t-shirt covered with a dark jacket was future anzac medalist nick dacos i think a few medals are going to be added to that list yeah i can't believe that he has pearly blue eyes okay What's the logic? I about? just would have picked of Nick Blake, Nick Dacos is like just having dark brown eyes. Uh, of course, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having a crack at Kyle. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying. No, surprised. I love the attention to detail. Yeah. I, yeah, it's great. Okay. Okay. Let me get up a picture of Nick Dacos on the computer right now. We got to confirm or deny. Does Nick Dacos have blue eyes? Uh, okay. Headshot right here. Getting up, Nick Dacos. Oh, they're beautiful. Are they? Oh, they're top notch. Dreamy. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've melted already. I can't go on. Okay. Okay. Uh, of course, I was wondering if this woman was his partner. They were showing any. They weren't showing any display of affection, and were walking more like friends than lovers. Fucking, there's Can a happen. lot of detail going here. I love this. Uh, I followed Nick, aka uh, Whisper Nicky Dave Dacos, on Instagram, and sat in his friend followers for weeks. Uh, his requested followers. Yeah. For weeks. Sorry. Finally, he accepted my request, and I stalked his profile to find no post of the woman from that night. Fantastic, Kyle. You know what? I love the story. There's follow-up to it. This has got. This is the depth that we love from footballs in real life. Now, do you do you follow footballers on Instagram? You you have a personal account. I don't like. We have a junk time account, but I don't have my own because I kind of think, why would uh, I ever want to take a photo no, of I myself? T- I tend not to. There's a couple of Carlton blokes that I follow that I kind of got to know over the journey, but not really. Yeah, sure. So it's just like mainly friends or... Uh, yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, also, I saw Darcy Moore the following day having a coffee with three women at uh, Collingwood Cafe, a coffee. He had his long legs on display and his top half was rugged up in a black puffer jacket. He shared a laugh with the women, one of whom was a dead ringer for him, so I'm guessing they were related. Well, there you go. So the previous football in real life for Darcy was in Albert Park. It was so Albert Park. Different time. So yeah. Different time. Yeah. Different time. So it turns out Darcy Moore loves his coffee. Bloody it's hell, been mate. He's a cafeaholic. Yeah, he's, he's earning too much. This should come into the soft cap. I reckon, actually, if you kind of went through all of the AFL list, mm. I reckon in terms of a good hang, I reckon Darcy Moore would be probably top of my list, I reckon. Top? Top. I reckon in terms of like just interesting, smart, Good conversation, not a douche. Um, yeah, okay. Just like really good bloke. I reckon he'd be. I reckon he'd be top. I'm making that call right now. I I, I do believe you're right, but I'm I'm fascinated that you went with that. That's yeah, interesting. yeah. Hey, are we gonna hit the road? We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. 
Your hope. Oh yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.